This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Blues Writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's podcast, it's another gloomy one as we look at the untouchable. Is Pompey boss Kenny Jackett really untouchable under the Eisners? And with the gloom still enveloping PO4, can the mood ever be lifted with the current boss at the helm? The bleeding snooze. As the news find themselves under fire amid the angst, we give an insight into being told we're too critical and not critical enough at the same time. Downing's return. Is Paul Downing set for an unlikely Fratton resurrection next season and Big Mac's comeback with Craig McGilfrey lifting the lid on his Fratton pain we explore if he can be number one once again next season we're now available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud so give us a listen like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 pulse at portsmouth.co.uk Hello there and welcome to another Pompey Talk. I'm Jordan Cross, joined this week by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and the one and only Will Rooney uh, to bring you the latest from Fratton Park. The season stopped but we're still going lads aren't we with podcasts and stories are plenty. Smashing out the stories, how are we finding it? Slow news days aren't they? Uh, we'll get on to that. <laughs> slow, news. <laughs> slow news days. Sorry, 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 but there's nothing to talk about. It's closed season. Yeah, yeah. everyone's on holiday, including the chief executive and the manager and all the players. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know? And I've know I've said this before, but I, I do like the occasions when I go into the the archives of the news, and. Um, There'd be weeks when you wouldn't get a single word written about Pompey, and the back page lead would be uh, England against Pakistan or something like that. And uh, it shows the times have changed and demands have changed because these days, chats, we have to do about 12 stories a day between us, don't we? Mm. Well, I counted, I counted 13 stories yesterday with breaking, oh, okay. breaking stories as well. So, but um, not you know, some, some criticism that we were referring to on social media of, of one or two of our stories, but. I think, as I say, the repost tends to be if, if, uh, if all of our stories aren't, one of our stories isn't cutting the mustard, there's another 10 or, 10 or 11 to pick from. So uh, that, that would be our defence on that one, I guess. Yeah. Freedom of choice. Don't like the story, don't read it. Move on. <laughs> but please subscribe. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't don't criticise us for not getting an interview with Brett Pittman when we were the first one to get an interview with Brett Pittman. Yeah, we had some had a bit of bit of bit of um yeah a bit of flack about that, wasn't it? Saying that are, are we yeah. basically in cahoots with the club or uh, not are not asking the uh, the questions that count? Um, yeah, I understand it. it. Look, it's it's a 
it's a rough time at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's pretty bleak. There's not a lot of good news to, to hang on to at the moment. And um, people get angry, don't they? But people want Kenny Jacket to, to go and they're, they're, they're suggesting that we aren't asking the questions, but we have been. We, we've criticised Kenny Wilder, and I know I certainly have, and, and the reports after the Oxford game, we, we were asking questions of why it went wrong. Um, but people are just angry at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's a that's a point. I mean, you know, we're obviously, I wouldn't say we're not joking because we're <laughs> looking at the comments, but uh, that the whole point is that it, the the club at the moment it's a very down period. Pompey's still stuck in this awful division, uh, capitulated yet again with a, an insipid performance in the in the playoffs. Um, talented players have left. We're waiting to find out what's going to happen. You got the salary cap on the way. Uh, there are uh, there are aspects of the performance performances which have been awful to watch uh, and it's been like that for a considerable time now. Um, and um, people are rightly and very unhappy with the manager as well. It's just everything together, isn't it? And like I say, it's a, bit, it's a toxic period and there's not too much positivity at the present, is there? Not much too, hope, too much hope. I mean, you can, you can bang on about how Pompey are fortunate to have a club, but people are beyond that now, aren't they? They're, They've had enough. They want to get out of this division and uh, to, to suffer in the playoffs so poorly in the last two years takes its toll. And um, it is difficult to be upbeat about anything at this moment in time. And uh, that's how it is, I'm afraid. And uh, the club may not like that, but the club have to do something because everything, we're all in a rut, aren't we? Mm -hmm. uh, and we need something, anything to get us out of this and inspire us something please because we're sick to death aren't we well you we need a holiday abroad all of us don't we <laughs> you're back in the boozer well is that, that that's something to smile about isn't it um not really no we're signing in and not being able to go to the bar in some places is doing my absolute setting so i'm uh i'm not too pleased about that to be honest with you not being able to stand at the bar or anything but yeah as neil said it's just there's not honest, there's not even like any sort of sign and there's to sort of look forward to next season and even think right. I know supporters won't change the attitude, but think right, but at least we can start moving on now and at least we can have a bit of crumb of comfort and look into these players that that might come because you know the the, the players that have been linked to so far, the ones that we know after, they aren't high profile names, aren't they? They're, they're really getting fans excited at this moment in time. It's not a Championship midfielder or a championship striker or whatever that you think is going to come in. It's you know someone like Alex Cochran, who very promising young lad at Brighton, but is he one that really whets the appetite? No, Sean Ragger potentially coming back did very well during his loan spell. Is he someone who really whets the appetite as well? Not particularly. You could say the same for Cameron McGee because he didn't really live up to the heights that we expected, did he, when he arrived in January? So no, definitely not. It's, it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's just been that, that it's just been dragged out, hasn't it, for the, for the past two and a half weeks. There hasn't been anything upbeat on top of the likes of Brandon Harmstruck leaving and obviously Pompey not being in a position to make a payment sweep for Steve Seddon because of the financial climate, then the salary cap has just been... Negative, negativity after negativity. You know, people are saying, stop being so negative. But unfortunately, we have to report on these things and, and you know, <laughs> we, we can't put anything positive on it. We've got to do the negative and that's what it, what it is at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the, the, the angle from a lot of fans is we're not being negative enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I remember your tweet handle saying that uh, 
Neil reflects that we're we're either not critical or too critical in in, in different people's eyes. Yeah, I've had the club moaners for not being a bit too critical <laughs> recent weeks, but there you go. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, I know that. I mean, the other thing there was a sort of debate on Twitter yesterday, and I, I said that there's clearly a section of Pompey fans who aren't happy with Kenny Jacket. Now, that's just a general term because there are emphatically on social media, without doubt, a lot of fans that want him sacked. A hell of a lot of fans want him sacked. You can't judge it just on social media reaction. Give me a percentage. Exactly. You can't put a percentage on who wants Kenny Jacket out. You can't not go around knocking on the houses, canvassing (laughs) people. There are people out there who stay quiet, people out there who don't use social media. I've spoken to one this morning, actually, who uh, doesn't want Jacket sacked. It's it's what it is out there, and it's, it's difficult to gauge, and I don't think it's helpful trying to guesstimate, pluck out a percentage from the air saying, well, 90% of fans want, want him gone. Well, we, we don't know that. Uh, but without question, if you look at social media, massive majority want him sacked. But that's social media. Yeah. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of matches, uh, and somebody pointed this, this point out on me on social media yesterday, a very good point. Um, there's not in the last few seasons there's not been really any unrest at Fratton Park against Kenny Jacket. Mm-hmm. okay there was at Wickham away and there was at um, uh, what was the other one Wimbledon oh yeah yeah, AFC Wimbledon away massively and uh, no doubt other games as well but those sort of stand out but it's never really manifested itself at Fratton Park yet has it which again is, is what the Pompey board judge fan opinion isn't it so mm-hmm. um that's not happened yet. Now, once fans come back next season, that'll be mm. very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, two two part question to you on this then, Will. What happens if that day arrives where it becomes nasty on that and dark at Fratton Park with a majority of the fans? And and again, I think you've referenced it previously. How perhaps fortunate of Pompey that that come the start of the season, whenever it does arrive, that there won't be any fans or, or, or not a full Fratton part there for, for Kenny Jacket to deal with, shall we say? Yeah, I think Neil is right. That's been the home games. I think one game, I think it was at the start of the season, it was Bolton at home and it was when Bolton were in all sorts of a mess and Pompey hadn't started great and it got to nil-nil at half-time. And, I mean, Bolton started great. Pompey were the, were the worst team in the, second, in the first half. But it got to half-time. There were a few sporadic boos really and you know that says it all for me really I think he's right that the, the home supporters once they turn on, on the manager then maybe they've got to make a decision then and look at it a little bit more and look at where, whether they think that A, Kenny Jacker can climb them back up the table if they have another bad start that's going to be key isn't it Pompey need to start fast next season otherwise the fans at home could turn on the manager because a fourth year in League One, it, it, and then we'll probably go on to discuss it as well. League One might be as, as strong as we thought it was because of the teams that might come down, given the financial yeah. financial uh, plights that they're in. So that could be one. But once they do turn on, I think that's when they do need to have a conversation. and think, right, is Kenny Jack the manager to take us forwards? As, as I touched on in, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, it just depends on how many season tickets might not get renewed compared to last mm. season? Well, we're starting behind closed doors, aren't we? So you think that season tickets a lot of, well, Fratton yeah. Park when fans are in, when they're allowed in, say we allow 40% in 
that will it will be 40% full. But if it weren't 40% full, if hopefully November, which Mark Cartland was sort of boys about, that's when full capacity might be again. If it's not full, if it's down to 12, 13,000 and fans are voting with the feet and saying, I'm not going whilst the manager's in charge, then, I mean, if, if Pompey's income's dropping already in the salary cap where things are going to be tough, then again, that's where they might have to look at things. If Pompey are winning, but winning ugly, they're not going to because they're on course to be in the championship. But if there's languishing seventh, eighth place, you're thinking, is it going to be the playoffs again? Then then maybe, perhaps, then then the balls will take a decision. But it's all ifs and buts. Pompey could win the first five games of the season next season, you know, and that's all. <laughs> it's, it's not forgotten about, but, you know, you, you're on track to go up automatically then. Yeah, I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember Guy Whittingham. Uh, when he was manager and Pompey played Scunthorpe at home and the fans started chanting, you don't know what you're doing. And um, that was his last game in charge. The, the board reacted to that that situation because they gauged the, um, the supporters. Now, back then, the board was more in tune with the supporters such because there were fans elevated to that position. Mm. And perhaps they're a bit too... They paid too much attention to supporters at that stage in terms of managers. Uh, and they hired and fired them quite quickly, didn't they? Um, so it's a bit of a different approach to the Eisners. However, when they when they, they heard that reaction, Guy Whitting was gone within days. Um, to, the, to the brutal point of his press conference on Monday ahead of a Tuesday match and, and was sacked an hour later. So um, it does go to show that the Fratton Park fans, if they do turn in that situation... That could be the last the manager has at the club. Yeah, Richie Barker was obviously a, another one, which was a almost a resignation speech, wasn't it? When when things uh, yes got to the bitter end there. Yeah, there's another one again. The fans turned against him as well, didn't they? And um, yeah, it's it was it was brutal, wasn't it? At Wimbledon early in the season with Kenny Jacket walking across the pitch and the fans mm-hmm. behind the dugout chanting, "We want Jacket out." But to his credit, he turned it around massively, didn't he? Uh, to the point of, I remember there was a stage where fans were going on, probably could get relegated, which was obviously a ridiculous thing to say. But Jacket turned it around, didn't he? And then suddenly Pompey were comfortably in the playoffs and disappointed not to continue the season to have a chance for the top two. So he deserves a, a lot of credit for that. And at the same time, there wasn't too much criticism during that wonderful period. But unfortunately, at the end of the season, and the manner it petered out in the playoffs, probably still in this division, and uh, people have lost a lot of faith in the manager. Yeah, I, I don't want to harp on about this with, with the negative tone to this podcast, but one more question for you, Will, just before we we move on to something else from equally negative. Uh, <laughs> but is it a, um, a part of the supporters' anger at the moment, perhaps that they don't feel they're being heard, that they feel that Kenny Jacket is the Eisner's man? And no matter what happens, it feels like they will stick with him. Do you think that's part of the of the reason for some angst? I can understand it because, you know, certainly with Twitter now and the Eisners, both Eric and Michael both being very active on Twitter, they clearly understand that there are sections of supporters who are not happy. But they've said all along the it's a long-term project. They don't want to throw too much money at it. They want to have steady progress. They've made the playoffs twice. I mean, some clubs were killed to be in the playoffs in, in the past two years. But, 
you know, in terms of them on on the pitch, it's been decent enough success. Wembley trophy, another trip to Wembley. From an outsider looking in, you're probably thinking that's a decent football club. It's well run, no debt, two million pound profit. A manager who's got a win ratio of fifty percent of more than fifty percent. Things from the outside looking in look look fairly positive, but I think it is the fact that now fans are so frustrated with the lack of entertainment, isn't it? Which we've discussed before, and that's what they're trying to get across now uh, to the eyes. And maybe it's the fact that they, uh, the people who go to watch Portsmouth, most people are, are football people. Let's be honest; they, they understand the game, they watch it, they know, they you know, they see t- managers like Paul Cook a couple of years ago, and then seeing managers now who are up and coming, like you know, even even managers like. Nigel Clough, who, who played good football, or right, I didn't get Burton back up in the two years in League One, but he played decent stuff. Someone like Darren Moore, who's got his, his second job now at Donny, who's playing decent stuff. Maybe that's what fans want, a bit of both now. And that's what, mate, is that the way the game's going? I don't know about you. We've seen so much Premier League stuff with Clock and Guardiola. Do you think that, Jordan, that, that that's what fans want now? More entertainment and grinding out results and winning? I think it's part of it, but what I think is more significant, and I think we all feel it if we're honest. And I think the fans feel it, and I think and the players. Let, let's be honest, feel it. I think we all want to be energised at the moment. We we feel flat. Um, the prospect of another season isn't one that's infusing us at the moment. We're, we're scratching around for positivism, and we're, we're not finding it. Everyone's in the same place here. Everyone, everyone's feeling like like that, and that's why perhaps there's a, the suggestion of a new manager, or a younger manager, someone who's going to you know really come in and, and be enthusiastic and, 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 and yes, football is a part of it. Um, slight defence of, of Kenny, I would say on the road that his football, particularly last season, was quite good to watch, but it, it, overall, no, it hasn't been good. Um, and also, again, I know, I think you were very magnanimous speaking about Kenny Will, but I know you were as pissed off as I was that they probably got to the playoffs, they didn't seize it there. They, they, they went out of a win for both times, and that still weeks on is lingering with me and infuriating me. And you can look at it, but it was a close game against Oxford and small margins. But Pompey, you can't argue that Pompey went for it. So, so that they're, they're probably throw that all together. And there is a, a lot of illogical stuff that's been thrown at Kenny. Everything's been thrown at Kenny at the moment. You know, if one message was fine, I mean, an affair I found out tonight, it probably it was, it was, it was his fault, even if it wasn't him. <laughs> um, but that's that's just exactly what the mood's like at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, jo- jo- jolly time. So we so we sort of move on um, and just talk a little bit about the reason we've referenced. The, the players that aren't coming in. What, why is that happening, Neil? And what's the, the latest on the on the uh, another thing that's infuriating fans that we're talking about the wage cap all the time? Yeah, I just the wage cap is massive. It could change the whole structure of lower division football in this country, uh, especially for clubs who currently operate sustainably and large clubs. And this has a massive, massive impact on Pompey. Now, um, it also impacts Sunderland, it impacts Ipswich, it impacts Acton. We know that, but we're not going to write about what happens to them. Let's look about Pompey, right? We know what's going on with Pompey. We know it's going to impact on Pompey. And um, it is going to be brutal. I keep using that word today, don't I? But it is going to be brutal. And suddenly from Pompey, uh, with um, think about it. 
the Isers get criticised for, for the wage bill and not throwing enough money at the club. Well, you can't criticise them for that very soon because they won't be able to if they wanted to because there'll be a wage cap. Uh, Pompey could still spend money on players. Brilliant. So you could go and buy John Marquis. But you, did, you probably did offer him a pay cut to come here because of your wage restrictions. So why would he come here? You're not going to get somebody, you're not going to sign someone for a million pounds, for example, and then offer them one and a half grand. Doesn't, won't work, doesn't work. Um, and just, there's, there's so many issues here. We remember when Pompey got, got promoted to the Premier League, uh, people like Steve Stone, Paul Merson dropping out the championship. Mm. Now, sorry, dropping out of the Premier League, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, Pompey wouldn't be able to get players like Cali to drop down in the championship to League One because they couldn't offer them much money. So, and then suddenly, this is a team that, that could be plunged into relegation trouble because they're on the same budget as everyone else. Because then it's down to managers and players. And so it, the, the whole thing is, is massive and, um, and the fans will soon pick up on this when Pompey, uh, or if Pompey struggle. Yeah. So, Sign players to perform. Someone mentioned to me yesterday, said, why, why, is this, why is it just Pompey moaning about this? Why, why is no one else? Was, my response to, to that was, okay, we're very fortunate to have good lines of communication with Pompey. But why necessarily are two-thirds, probably more, of League One going to be moaning about something that levels the playing field in their favour? Because it's the Sunderlands, it's the Ipswiches, it's the Portsmouths who are going to be struggling off, off the back of this. A logical way to catch, shall we say. Would you say, Will? Definitely, yeah. I mean, if you're an Atkinson, as we said, if you can pay players, why? if you're going to... Say you're, say you're the lads from... Say you're from Berry, right, and you love from Berry playing football. You've got an offer from Atkinson, you've got an offer from Pompey. Both say we'll pay you the average. Say we'll both pay you the average league one wage. Why would you, as it's been discussed, why would you come to Pompey? Because A, you've got to pay a lot more for a flat and go more than you pay, say, in Manchester or something. If you're going to live in Atkinson or wherever, paying a lot more for that. Number two, I mean, Okay, Pompey got a better squad now, but eventually squads are going to differ out and squads are going to even out then. Yeah. If you're paying the same, squads are going to even out. So why would you want to come to Pompey where there'd be more pressure on you to go up, more potentially fans getting on your back, etc. Do players want that or do they want to play football? And and if you if, if everyone's on an even playing field, do you want to play where you can enjoy it and not have that those troubles that you might face? Because it does happen, and rightly so, there's pressure being a Portsmouth player because the expectations are high. But is that going to drop expectations if everyone's on 11 playing field? And surely you can't expect it the same as everyone as as what you would do if you didn't have a salary cap. It's just madness, isn't it? I mean, it is just crazy. Clubs like AFC Wimbledon, who's going to want to join Wimbledon when you could go to, say, a Rochdale or a... Or in Oldham, if if they're in League One or whatever, or you know, why would you want to join Wimbledon? Because they're London, Charlton, they're gonna have the same problems now. Because they're London based, it's just madness, isn't it? It's just gonna, it's just gonna potentially really, really hurt Pompey. And if if there are differentiations, I don't know if they do sort of do things where they say race will give Southern clubs a little bit more. Maybe that might work. But if it isn't, and you're a big player, why would you want to go to Pompey or not Sunderland's if 
if they're offering you the same wages, living in Sunderland, I'm sure, is a lot cheaper than living in Portsmouth. So, mm. there's so many different things to discuss, aren't there? And it's just crazy that you can bring 11 level playing fields on with clubs who've built infrastructure as well to boost revenue and make them sustainable. And they're almost going to be punished for that reason. Yeah. Do you, do you know? Um, do you remember when Pompey signed Sonny Bradley and, um, and Danny, Eats Danny from from Hull, didn't they? Mm. And because um, I spoke to Danny East this summer for for an article and. Um, uh, when he joined from Hull, the, he, he actually lived in Waterlooville. And you know where the Heroes pub is? Yeah. Uh, across the road from that, sort of on the corner next to the fabric shop, are some flats. Mm. And he lived there for a year. Yeah, this is a, a Pompey yeah. first-team footballer. And he lived in those flats for a year. And purely because the, the cost of living difference from moving to Hull, which is where he's from as well and where he played, down here, it, it is massive, and um, it's all very well. People said, Oh, they'll come down for Pompey, won't they? Well, you might get inexperienced players come down for Pompey for, for poor wages, but others might necessarily need it. They, they might think, Well, I'm fine where I am. Yeah. So, it, that, that is an issue as well. And I know we're coming up with all these sort of excuses and, uh, we, and, and things, but this is genuinely going to happen to the football club, and uh, it will impact on Pompey's ability to get out. Of League One this season and beyond. Yeah, uh, I, I think everyone's in agreement, or people that have been following this, that something needed to be done. There's obviously we're talking hundreds of million pounds holes in in clubs' budgets off the back of the coronavirus pandemic, um, and it, it, it was needed beforehand. And, and perhaps that was something that's good that's come out of the, the COVID nineteen pandemic is that it's brought it to a head, and something needs to be happened. And Mark Catlin and Pompey have advocated this for a long time, sustainable football clubs. Mm. I guess the beef is with the way it's being applied, isn't it? Surely there's a better way to apply it um, in terms of relating to how much you earn. It's just a blanket cover, isn't it? It's madness. Like, well, can they just cover it and say, race, everyone's the same? It's just... Neil's an analogy on there on Twitter I quite enjoyed about the Maltesers and the strawberry laces. Uh, Go on, Neil, which is... regardless of it. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm glad you said that. Well, some people didn't understand it. Not the end, dogs. It was a slow news day. Yeah, <laughs> not that bloody so, slow news some, day again. Some people, I, I can't even remember. That's caught up, but it's looking well. But yeah, some people didn't get it, uh, including my wife. But they, they, can you just explain it for listeners, please? I've just I've got to call it up on my, on my phone to get the exact okay, wording right. Continue continue talking. Yeah. So, uh, what's your favourite sweet, Will? <laughs> my favourite sweets. I quite like a rhubarb and custard, actually. <laughs> oh, I bought some of those on Friday, actually. <laughs> even though even though I can't stand rhubarb or custard, I quite like those. <laughs> I used to make a few quid off those sweets. So when I, used to, I used to resell them at school. What individually? Yeah. Well, if you, and and the um. Yeah, and mints as well. And um, oh, I forget what the different sweets were. Werther's Originals. I had a yeah. Werther's packet going on. So by the time Madison really came in the afternoon, I used to resell them for 30, 40, 50 beer. <laughs> it didn't pay for my 10 pence and then edges when I went home from school. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Yeah. I, go I, tweeted, I tweeted, I was going to treat myself to a packet of Maltesers. However, my wife called to say she can't afford such luxuries until her payday, and it's unfair. So it's been agreed we each buy a strawberry lace. So uh, that, that was, I just tweeted that out, and some people got it, and some people 
he didn't quite understand it. But uh, yeah, that's that's the analogy of um, this waste cap, really. You, you want to go outside, you go to, you say, oh, I fancy buying a car. I've got a windfall, I'm going to buy a car. And then you're not allowed to, and you, you go buy a scooter instead because someone else can't afford a car. It's mad, isn't it? It really is mad. Does, yeah. is any, does any poppy fan seriously, after hammering them with all these articles and boring with all these articles, does any poppy fan seriously now consider this a good idea for the football club? Surely there can't be anyone, can there? I think some people are still ignorant to it. I, I really do. I think people are coming around to it, but I think there's still people not, not switched onto it. But we'll leave that one there because there's still a few bits and pieces to pick up on. I'll, I'll go to to the boy Rooney for um, tomorrow to see after this afternoon's main story will is uh, the uh, wow the re-emergence potentially of Paul Downing next season isn't it we, we, we've got got the inside track on that one and, and it's come from you can you just bring us up to speed please yeah from what I understand is um, he's prepared himself to, to fight his way back into the Pompey fray which it might be a bit of a surprise to people because you <laughs> You know, we were frozen out for most of the season, wasn't it? And I think it was 15 games straight after Christmas when Jack Watmore recovered that he wasn't included in the match day squads. But and a lot of people expected him to, to move on to pastures new this summer. But my understanding is he's ready and he's fighting his way back into the fray. He's settled down here, he enjoys it down here, and uh, and he's going to try and, and, and win a place back in Kenny Jacket's side. And hopefully he can get a, a good run of five or six games under his belt to to show what he's about. I mean, it's interesting now, isn't it? Because obviously Christian Burgess has left and Sean Bragg has, has left. We know Pompey are in discussions with him, but he's obviously got options. That leaves Jack Watmore and Paul Down and yeah. as the, the only centre-halves available. I, 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 I'll be honest with you, probably the same as you. I thought that the Down would be off him, uh, this summer. Certainly the wage cap might have changed his thinking because he'll be on a decent wage at Pompey won't he was a, got a decent wage down the three year deal last summer. But no apparently I understand that the way that, that he's not too bothered about that and he is people reckon he could have got him a move but he's quite happy to fight his, his, his way back into the fight. It'll be tough man, don't get me wrong, but Kenny Jackett is one for the clean slate. He's he's done it before so it'll be interested to see who's brought in in, in defence because we need reinforcements regardless, don't we? Need to strengthen that area up, but it'll be interesting to see if if he can uh, if he can get a second base of the cherry at Pompey. But if, if, if he's let's say if he's not good enough to, to Pompey's team last the season just gone, bearing in mind he hasn't made a single appearance in the league since September, why is he suddenly going to be good enough now uh, in the manager's eyes to spearhead a side which supposes they're pushing for promotion? It's a bit. Bit curious, really, isn't it? I mean, again, I'm not not casting aspersions on Downing's ability, but mm. I'm talking about the man the manager's eyes. He's he's, um, he's cast him off to such an extent that suddenly a year later he's, he's going to bring him back and be pivotal to to a, a team wanting to go up again. It's a bit curious, really. Yeah, it was quite complimentary when he spoke to you, O'Neill, wasn't he, during lockdown about Paul Downing? Yeah, oh, no, no, yeah. The, the general, I mean, Paul Downing's a good lad. By all accounts, has not caused any problems. Has worked really, really hard, uh, especially during lockdown. Mm. Uh, he's a very good pro. There's no, um, you know, you, you hear these ridiculous things on social media about bust-ups in training and things like that. There's no, um, there's no suggestion of that. I've spoken to players who said they've never seen that. 
Um, so, um, yeah, an excellent pro. He's a good lad as well. Um, mm. Had a really good reputation when he arrived at Pompey. Yet, for some reason, the manager didn't fancy him for league football after September. Uh, so, again, it's just, it's just intriguing why that would suddenly change the following season. Purely through departures, I suppose. Yeah, just a couple of minutes left, lads. So, we've got to move on to the last one. Quickly, we have to tackle it. Craig McGilfrey's been speaking to us pretty much you know, for the last few months off the record um, <laughs> about his disappointment. And uh, it seems it's gone out on the record now um, with, with, with uh, a podcast. What, what, can we, what do we know about this? Yeah, I mean, as we say, he's spoken to all, all of us, hasn't we, down training grounds. I've always, always just bewildered about why he was dropped and never really was was told. And he's basically said that on the record now to... to to a podcast, uh, Finders Keepers podcast. I mean, it was it is nice that he's finally been able to, to get his points across because he hasn't been able to say it in public so far, as he? And we haven't had the chance to interview him because he hasn't been put up for press, he's not playing. I mean, it'd be interesting one again, Ronan. I mean, I'm sure both of you will be interested to see the goalkeeping situation this summer and how it pans out. Obviously, Georgie, you know, the, the Palace are interested in Bass and yeah. McCraig won't be want to be number two again. I mean, you understand that he's not happy being number two again. So I don't know how, how you both feel that the keeping situation will play out. Well, it's a bit like a bit like the Downing one, really. And the, the truth of it, Pompey probably will be weaker than that last season in, in many ways. And but if Bass goes, then then Craig's seeing a route to becoming number one again um, if he goes to to Palace. So he's probably sitting tight. And if that doesn't materialise, then then he'll probably look look. Look to move on, wouldn't he? So, but he's been—he's a good lad, Bass, um, Craig. Well, and Bassy, to be fair. <laughs> but, but Craig—he's he, he's been bewildered, hasn't he, Neil? Very, not very briefly, just bewildered when we've been speaking to him about how he's been treated. And I know it was a yeah. the, the Kenny Jacket line um, that we put out is, is key to that, isn't it? About his reasoning. Yeah, Kenny Jacket's always said it's been a good feeling, which he told Craig as well, and. Um, Craig's one of the more approachable Pompey's players and he'll come and have a chat with you always, won't he, really? And he's a great lad. And uh, heart really went to when he was he was dropped in January. But, I mean, first of all, uh, what Bass has been superb since he came in. Absolutely outstanding. Um, but, uh, yeah, with Craig, I feel so sorry for him because he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's mm. been one of Jack- Kenny Jacket's best signings without any question whatsoever. Uh, McGee was knocked out the, 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 the reckoning because I'm afraid Bass and McGilvery are far better than him. And uh, he should be a number one McGilvery. And uh, it's not like he did many mistakes to be deserved to be dropped like McGee did at Berry that time with the Croy's no. turn. So I feel so sorry for, 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 for him. And uh, um, if he becomes number one again for Pompey, I'd have no qualms about that. I think he's still an excellent keeper. Yeah. Well, it seems that negativity sells. So, if that's the case, this should be a cracking podcast, <laughs> cracking up the, the the views and the listens um, in in the coming days. Chaps, as ever, thanks for joining us, um, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.